Here's a sneak peek from this week's episode. Yeah, every time we fly over, whether it's on the seaplane or whether it's in the big plane, I just love looking at the little jewels that are down there that are dotted about, which is the Maldives. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do. For those who want to learn more about travel, or even those who just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you fall along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on Earth. This week, we're embarking on an exciting adventure to the island nation of the Maldives. The Maldives is one of the world's top recreational diving destinations. We'll be talking to some friends who have just returned from their sixth visit to learn more about their favorite places to stay and why they love this location so much. During our journey, we'll discover where the Maldives are located and what we should expect when we arrive. So grab your passport, comfortable clothes for the long plane ride, and a couple of bathing suits, and let's dive into this amazing destination. Melissa, the Maldives is a place that's been on our bucket list for a few years after hearing our friends Ali and Shep talk about how much they love this place. One of the challenges is that the Maldives is so far away from where we live. It's not something that we could ever do on a short trip. It, do you know what the Maldives means? I have no idea. Well, it's the island of male. I learned that in our show prep, but I don't think it's actually talking about gender the capital of the Maldives is actually Malay. So it's really not the island of Mel. It's the island of Malay. So today we're going to use this as a jumping off point to start our exploration and getting some plans underway for a future trip and also to inspire you to visit the Maldives and help you start planning your trip. So let's get started on the interview and then we're going to come back with some additional thoughts afterwards. So we're joined today with a couple of good friends of ours, Ali and Shep. And we're going to talk about the Maldives. Maldives are a place that has been on Melissa and I's bucket list for quite some time. And I think, I'm not certain, but I believe it might have gotten there because of Allie talking about your trips to it. So anyhow, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. How many times have you guys been to the Maldives? What what drove you you know, your interest into the Maldives, kind of where did that where did that start? So we've been to Maldives six times and <laughs> I think what drives it is first of all, we live in the UK, so we need to go somewhere to get winter sun. And obviously that's the right part of the world to go to, where they near the equator they've got summer all the time. So yeah, it started with the winter sun thing. And then, yeah, I guess it's just for me, who does actually do all the research and the booking of the holidays, it's it's about the ultimate sort of luxury in my mind. The Maldives gives you the, you know, the blue sea and the whitest sand and just that sort of relaxing luxury, ultimate luxury, I guess. Shep, I love that you nodded while ago when you said, you know, she does all the research and booking and you just kind of show up and go. 
I, I, feel like pay, I pay, my, pay my way as well. Yes. So, <laughs> I but, feel like that's kind of our relationship most of the time, too, is Melissa's the one who does all the research and booking for the most part. And I always call myself the tourist on the trip. <laughs> but it's it's really important. I can't stress how much value the research delivers because <clears throat> there are hundreds of resorts across the Maldives because it's a sort of a very long country made up of hundreds of islands. And each resort, although you think it's luxurious, it, because it always looks fantastic, they have slight nuances in terms of five-star versus four-star, how you get there. We'll talk about that later, whether it's by sea or by air. Um, and the service element of the Maldives is one of the most critical aspects of its attraction. Um, we most recently heard of some people coming back from their honeymoon disappointed because of the resort and the service. And for the, for us, that's like, what? How can that be? And I think it comes down to Ali's phenomenal ability to research and find the right place. And so when you've gone, are you, are, have you stayed, gone to different places, stayed at different places? Is that... Yeah, so we've we've been to the same place. The first place we went, we went back. And then the second place we went, we went back. And then fifth and sixth, we've been to different places. Okay, okay. And so what drove you, I guess, to go back to those places? And then what made you decide, okay, we want to see some something different or go somewhere different? Um, it really was the people and the, like, the service. They, you know, they... The service is so good in the places that we've been. They genuinely do make a real effort to, you know, be your friend over that period of time that you're with, that you're on holiday there. They get to know you. You know, we had that definitely the first place with a guy called Reef. Like I still remember his name, just really looked after us, really got to know us, got to know, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like. And it just really you know, steps up that level of service and you feel special, like you feel like you're being treated really specially and and that's important. So, yeah, we really loved those. We loved him. We loved the service. So we went back there. And then again, we went to another place and they really looked after us. You know, we had Tattinger when no one else was having Tattinger. (laughs) And um, again, we we loved it. We went back and and then, you know, um, I guess the first place we went was a place called Constance Mufushi and that was probably like entry level. So well, entry level for us, obviously, since we've been back, we've kind of progressed. We didn't have a pool at that one. And we actually now when we go, we always like to have a villa over the water with a pool because, again, it's the ultimate in luxury and privacy. So, yeah, we didn't have that. So we've... um but the nice the nice thing about not just the waiting staff, <clears throat> but the chefs, the chefs mm-hmm. get to know what you like to eat. So they greet you in the morning. You know, if you like your omelette in a particular way, they'll remember and they'll, you know, those small things about the attention to detail make you feel really good. And yeah. um, they make you feel special. They have this incredible service culture that makes you feel that you are special, even though they must have, you know, hundreds of people throughout the year mm. they they make an effort to know your name early doors and remember your name and use it frequently and that you know for example if you go for a sun sunset cocktail they'll ask you oh do you want the same as you had last night or do you want something different and it, so it's just it's that higher level of individual service which is so special which we I talked think- about that recently uh, 
at the end of the year, we went on a cruise and the staff that was on the cruise ship, like we said, they could, they could work at any five star restaurant in the world because they were really good at that attention to detail and using your name and remembering, you mm-hmm. know, what you ordered and really catering towards you and every need that you had. And so I agree with you. I think that makes a trip just phenomenal. For sure. Yeah. And and we even talk about that. It's nice even when you get that at home, which is rare, but it's nice to go into a place and they at least act like they recognize you or we don't you know, get that don't like something in particular. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't get that much, but <laughs> it's like it, it makes you really do feel special. And so especially yeah. on a vacation where you, you know, you've really made an investment. And so when you so most of these places then are going to be like all inclusive types, right? Just because no. of the way. No? no. Okay. Okay. But you have to hunt for an all inclusive and you pay through the nose. Typically, they try and get you into a, like a half board scenario, which for us doesn't really work well because it's breakfast and uh, and dinner. <clears throat> so we we like to go all inclusive because we don't like the ag of having to be mindful of what we're you know spending at every meal. But actually, all inclusive isn't that easy to come by in in the Maldives. And it tends to be more of a like a half board basis. Okay. And so then when you like, so then for lunch or whatever, is it still at the resort or there you go somewhere else? Oh, no. Or, you can't, you, okay. So everything yeah. is like, right. Drunk everything Alcatraz. is like you're at the resort, you're at the resort, you're at the resort. <laughs> so it's just a matter of what's paid for ahead of time versus. Yeah. Although your- we did stay at a resort this time where they had an underwater restaurant and they would guests from other close islands would come in on a boat to go to that restaurant but that's the first time that we've seen that happening it is pretty much you know you're on the resort and that's where you pretty much stay for the duration so you've talked about a few resorts you guys have been to do you mind sharing like what's the name of those resorts because often people who are listening to this will want to go back and then do their research and try Mm -hmm. to find some of these so we went to Constance Mufushi, that was our first one. And then we went to Ozen, which has a variety of different resorts. Um, ours was... It's called Ozen by Atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah. can't remember the name of the island itself. But... No, I can't either. Okay, um, and we can, we can get that from you and then maybe just link it. Like, you know, we yeah. can, I can get and you. Then we went to a place called Amila Fushi. And then our last one was a place called Hurawali. Okay. And out of those, do you, you have a, you have a favorite? Hurawali was, okay, so the last <laughs> was one. my you mentioned, like you've kind of like, you know, you've been several times. So you kind of knew like, okay, next time we want this and this is yes. what I'm looking for. Yes. And so, okay. I mean, then that's good. Right. Because then you don't want to, it's hard when you go to a place and you're just like, Oh, I really wish it had been more like this. So yeah, better to go up than to sort yeah. of regress. Yes, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So one of the reasons why Ali liked it significantly was it was an adults only resort so other resorts children which again given the sort of restriction restriction on activities and the sun the sun is clearly quite hot most of the time i think it's a a strange place to take very small children but people do and you know they they have a great time but this particular resort adults only it was the first adults only resort we've been to and it just felt that much more calm yeah Yeah. and we you generally prefer that as well. You know, obviously, if you're taking kids with you, you need to stay in a 
a family resort, but when it's just the two of us and we want to relax and whatever, you don't want just a bunch of chaos around you no. all the time. But and most, you know, most Maldives resorts are family. They, you know, they are sort of directed as family resorts. So you, again, you have to hunt a bit to find either an adults only or sometimes they do. I think Ozen did no one under it was either 12 or 15. I think it was 12. So yeah, just, but they're not easy to find. Like I would, I had the impression that it wasn't adults, a couples type place. But mm. when I started looking, I realized that no, a lot of the resorts are, t- are kind of marketing themselves as family resorts. You know, one of the things I just realized is we might ought to just even take a step back and talk about where are the Maldives? So, <laughs> you know, from some, someone sitting in North America, it's not, it's not one of those places that everyone talks about going to. Well, um, we were where we were there actually. We did sunrise yoga with a young lady from Atlanta. Yeah. She was on her honeymoon and she, and I was like, wow, you're from America. Like, we don't normally, you know, see people from America in the Maldives because it's so far away. And she said, yeah, we're on our honeymoon. And we were like, what's the furthest place away we could possibly go? <laughs> and the answer was the Maldives. So, so yeah, the Maldives is Southeast Asia, just off the kind of southern point of Sri Lanka. And as Shep said, it's, it's kind of like two lines of atolls, which in effect are the, the peaks of, you know, mountain range now buried by the sea. And they are at risk of being, you know, consumed by the sea. So, yeah. And was, as we learned this time, was a British protectorate up until 1956. So there was an RAF base there, what used to be one of the sort of principal islands. And one of the nice things for us, probably not so much for the Americans, is that they drive on the left-hand side of the road and they use our three pin plugs, plugs their <laughs> electricity supply so uh so that's quite nice it's a bit bit home from home in that regard well you know uh, we okay. talk about that in some of our travels is especially if you're traveling for like a first time like going somewhere that has some familiarity is is great right because you're not just in a land that's totally upside down for you and everything is different um so that they speak english in the Maldives, is that their? Yeah, they all speak yeah. English. The interesting... that's not their native language. Well, Maldivian is their native yeah. language, yeah. but they they all speak English. What's really interesting is that the mix of guests they have tends to be Russian, British, German, Japanese, Chinese. Yeah, those are the sort of five principal bunch of guests you seem to get. You, you get a lot of people going there for their honeymoons and so forth, or special anniversaries and birthdays. But we we've often seen a lot of Russians at that time of year because it's the it's the new year because the new year in Russia is like the sixth of January type mm-hmm. thing. So you get a lot of families celebrating at that time in the Maldives. Okay, and that's a good point. So you guys have just recently come back from your trip this year. You had the similar time last year. Has all your trips have been right in 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 January ish or? Um, most all of our trips have been January, apart from last year actually, which was March. Okay. Okay. We went in March. Yeah. Okay. But um, um, that is the best time to go. So really sort of December to April is their dry um, season. Obviously, it's hot all the time. But in the 
in the other months is their sort of monsoon season. So still hot, but you can expect more sort of heavy downpours. A bit like Florida, really. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> in the summertime, for sure. Yeah. The rain comes, but then it goes. To Ali's point, it stays stays fabulous. When we get that refreshing air feel once you've had a, a storm. Um, so it wouldn't rain necessarily like all the time. They would get a storm and it would pass. And so if you if you chose to go in another season. Okay. And, and it can be raining over on one island and perfectly sunny where you are and you can you can see the rain over there but it's not touching you so very much a microclimate situation by itself so you're not saying like unlike london where it's just like gray and everything (laughs) exactly (laughs) right it's not blue in the distance where you're like oh maybe right okay yeah we we say in florida if you don't like the weather just wait five minutes yeah yeah for sure And and so then for you guys so you typically would then fly London Heathrow and then what does that look like? And then, you know, what are recommendations for flights? And then we can talk about, I guess, like what that would look like for Americans then. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I like the destination as well is because the flights work really well for us. So we fly out of Heathrow on a Friday night. Overnight, you get to the Maldives in the morning and then you basically get transported to your resort either by boat or by plane. And you basically get there for the time that your room is ready. So, you know, early afternoon, mid, like sort of lunchtime. So you can have a bit of lunch. Your room is ready, you know, good to go. And then when we come home, it's, it is a day flight. So you leave the Maldives at like 11 o'clock in the morning, but you get home. We get home at like seven o'clock at night, which means we can go straight to bed and get back into the time zone. So, you know, it is a long flight. It's 11 hours from the UK. It is a direct flight. BA were used to be the only ones flying that route, but now Virgin fly the route as well. And we did go with Virgin this time. But yeah, I can't imagine how you would get there from America. Well, because that's interesting because like you're describing is what we do when we come over, right? To yeah. the UK. That yeah. looks like our maybe not quite I mean it's not quite as long of a flight. We're, you know, well from the East Coast, but that's that's kind of like our process. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, you would definitely have a stopover. Yeah, I'm not even sure which direction you would no, no, sure. so maybe this, this is the opportunity to go through Dubai. Do some research, yeah. but we definitely would have to go and do some kind of, you know, one leg and then, you know, continue on for yeah, sure. It's I'm pretty sure we far. saw Emirates flights. A lot of people go via Dubai, yeah, and they do. I, you know, stop it or just have a layover and go to the Maldives. But yeah, we like to get it done in one hit. Sure, yeah. Oh, even from the UK, people will do. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if that's your destination, yeah, for sure. And then tell us, like, so then, what is your typical? Like, how long do you stay? And is that kind of ideal? What What would you recommend people? So yeah, ours always ends up being because of those flights. You know, we go on a Friday and we come back on a Monday typically. So that's a nine night um, stay, which works really well for us, doesn't it? It's like there's something really nice about that Friday, going on the Friday, being there on the Saturday and Sunday when you know you, you know, I'm a bit of a naughty person for looking at my phone and, and doing a bit of work and just sort of keeping on top of it. It's really nice to just get there and know that it's the weekend and you can totally sort of chill. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think um, I think seven nights would be too short for us, given the the flight distance. time. Yeah, the distance. 
and two weeks i mean i'd go for two weeks easy <laughs> but um yeah you know. i would say you're extremely naughty and checking your phone because <laughs> i didn't realize you were in the maldives i sent you a text message and you responded and so so that's worth mentioning as well all the islands have pretty good wi-fi so you are connected i mean the first you don't um, have to be there you don't have to be clearly <laughs> But I remember when we arrived at Constance Mufushi and we stepped off, I think it was that boat or a seaplane? It was a seaplane. We stepped off the seaplane and there's a little sign there saying, no shoes, no news. (laughs) Take your shoes off, relax, feel the sand between your toes and switch those phones off because you don't need to know what's going on in the world. You're here to relax. And that stuck in my mind, that that little sign. Yeah. That's that's great advice. Yeah, for sure. For a vacation. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit about the food and the, uh, you know, when we were talking about all inclusive and stuff like that. But I guess are there some places um, that you guys would recommend or if maybe if I'm hearing it correctly, it's Mm -hmm. all within the resort. Correct. So whatever you have in the resort, basically, that's pretty much it for that um, for that island. So when you're in the resort, you can literally be, you know, in your room, look out and see nothing. Or you might see a distant, you know, other atoll. That's pretty much what it's like. So, yeah, they again, we I take a lot of care to look at the food. So when I make the decision about where we're going to go, the food is a massive part of it. We very much like to, you know, have the Asian food whether that's Maldivian curries, you like chef's favorite food is probably curry. So we like to have the local food. And then the place where we just went, they had a really nice, like I would say more, it's like Thai, Vietnamese, but again, like Asian, that was really nice. Uh, yeah, we tend to like that, don't we? We tend to like to try the, the local curries, the local food, but they're, you know, they're always doing like wherever we've been, one of the restaurants is always like an international buffet. So you can always get that. And then yeah. they have sort of side restaurants that like will be an Indian sushi. or an Asian, yeah, sushi. There was a teppanyaki, yes, was wasn't there? So, um, so yeah, they obviously know that they've got you captive. So they do this thing called a dine around where you have to book it, but you sort of rotate around all the options that you've got. And again, that will depend on your meal plan. So, as all inclusive, we could go anywhere as long as we book it. If you're not on all inclusive, they limit you to probably just the international. You can go in that restaurant, but you can't go into the other restaurants. And again, that's that's individual per resort, but that's the sort of thing they do. Okay. And there was an uplift for the underwater yeah. restaurant. Now, Ozen by Atmosphere had a six meter underwater restaurant so we feel we felt as though we didn't probably need to go to that again but clearly it's amazing when you can dine with the fishes type thing (laughs) just swimming around you It's it's a phenomenal experience yeah. So interestingly, even though we were all inclusive, that was still an uplift. Yeah, that was extra. Um, whilst we were in the resort, if you wanted to do that. And it was a big extra. So okay. we didn't do that. So it would be, so you said you've done it. So, you know, yeah. it's fine. Kind of check that box and then not do it again. So you would say, so like international options, healthy options, and then they would cater to likes and dislikes or food needs, allergies, that kind of thing. I think they're incredible. In terms of, if you think of the, multicultural 
guests that they have. Mm. You know, there's always Japanese style food available at breakfast, lunch and dinner in the international restaurant. And they do their very best to cater for you. If there is something specific you want, the chefs are so helpful. I mean, you, we're almost on first name terms with the chefs because they're so great. In the time you're there, that's your remit. That's like, my remit. Yeah, <laughs> sort of food is yeah. important, <laughs> yeah. but they they are they bend over backwards if they if they can make it for you, they'll do it. The other thing to mention as well, one of the reasons why I was attracted to a Miller, which is the one we went to last year, is transpired they the manager was interested in it, but they had they had keto menus, um, low carb menus, and so you could really think about you know if you were doing that or interested in that you could have those options as well so yeah I liked the idea of it I don't think I did a steak keto while I was there but I thought it was a good thing to be able yeah, to it's helpful. people yeah it's helpful you know even if you're not strict on something not getting far off of whatever you're trying to yeah. accomplish I think that's really helpful so let's talk a little bit about like activities. I would assume that water sports are probably the main draw, the beach, the water sports, those type of activities. So every, every resort has, I mean, they, they give you pretty much snorkel and flippers, you know, as a standard for you to go off your villa. So you can literally go down steps in your snorkel and your flippers and go straight into the ocean and you're in amongst the Finding Nemo style fishes, which are which are bountiful. We saw for the first time, we saw probably more rays this time than we've seen before. So stingrays, eagle rays, manta rays are very common around the Maldives. Dolphins, you can go out on dolphin cruises. cruises to they'll find the dolphin because the dolphins are fairly sort of predictable in terms of where they go swimming. Nice. So you can go and see them. Or that is a little bit like chasing dolphins, which I didn't love. Like, obviously, it was nice to see them. But, you know, you've got multiple boats trying to, like, chase these dolphins. So we did that once. But, yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of chasing the dolphins. Um, But if you want to go beyond snorkeling, there are diving excursions daily. So depending on your level of interest in that type of stuff and how far you know away you want to go, you can do you can do that every day. And what happens there is they take you off uh, into the deep water. So one of the fabulous things about the Maldives is you're on your atoll and you look out this crystal clear water for about what 100, 100 meters or so, and then it goes completely dark because that's the ledge. Okay, deep water is, and so a lot of divers go into that deeper water. And you've got far more chance there of seeing turtles and mantas mantas and all sorts of fabulous creatures. Yeah, and they do, you know, they'll do an early snorkel, they'll do midday, they'll do nighttime diving as well. Like we, you know, we didn't really uh, get too involved in that. I prefer to lay on the water on my lilo than to be under it with the creature. And we did, you know, early doors when we went, like our first time, we did, we did more snorkeling. We went on a trip, you know, we went and did the GoPro get yeah. the video. Um, but yeah, we tend to just like to sort of, like Shep said, go off the back of our villa, have a little snorkel about, come back. I can still touch the bottom <laughs> and I'm happy kind of 
doing that. But yeah, obviously you've got a lot of, if you like snorkeling and diving, then it's, you couldn't be in a better place than the Maldives, I don't think. And there are boats, there are little dinghies, there are catamarans, there are paddle boards, kayaks, jet skis, jet skis. So all the, to your point, Scott, all the sort of water sport collateral that you would need is there. And generally outside of the jet skis, it's all free of charge. So. Okay. Yeah. So some things are included, some things just depending, obviously, that would cost more and take, yeah. you know, yeah. fuel and things like that. And then to, to book different excursions, like you have, you just like you work with the, you work with the resort ahead of time or you do it once you get no, there or do, how do they? Yeah, you do it while you're there. Okay. We tend to have, um, they call them hosts, don't they? So we, when you, when you go, you get a, you get a host who is your butler in effect. Like, you know, okay. you, he gives you his WhatsApp number and then anything that you need, you're like, right, can we have ice? Can we, you know, can we have some slices of lemon? And it's their job to sort of, you know, make sure that you've got everything you need and, and hit. And they're typically the people that will book your restaurants for you and yeah, book any activities, excursions that you want to do. So really, so when you're planning a trip like this, your research then is heavily into where, like, where do we want to stay? What resort food options, activities options fits the best? But then other than that, you're really just accommodations and accommodations are fitting us and you're, you're booking that you're booking your transportation to get there. And then there's not really anything else to worry about till you're there, which is, which is nice for a lot of people. The one thing that I didn't mention when we talked about getting there is Obviously, you have your, we have our 11 hour flight, and then you have the either you get on a boat to your resort or you get on a seaplane. And that is one of the kind of big decisions as well. It's like, which atoll is it I'm going to? Is it, I looked at one, I really liked the look of it. It was a 60 minute seaplane. So that was out. I think a 40 minute seaplane ride is the maximum that I would want to do. Just because they are very small, they are very hot. And yes, it's amazing to fly over, you know, the atolls. But I actually think that you get just as good a view when you're in the big aeroplane. I've got some great photos of like when we've left the Maldives on our BA flight. I've got great pictures of the atolls. But yeah, being on the seaplane is definitely a thing you'd want to do at least once. I think my preference is the speedboat, but I won't I won't compromise the resort just to be on a speedboat, if you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. And so then what's that to, like time wise? What what typically is that? Because obviously those are not going to be as far, correct? Correct. So yeah. the maximum you'll get on the boat transfer will be an hour. We've typically done forty-five minutes. And whilst around the atolls the sea is very calm. It isn't that calm when you're traveling from Mali to your island. It actually can be quite, um, it's not rough, but it's not, it's bumpy. It's bumpy. If you don't like, you know, if you have a tendency to be seasick or oh. airsick, uh-huh. you know, it's not, it's not like, yeah, it, I was surprised at how, um, bumpy that that speedboat ride was because clearly in my brain I'm, I've got pictures of very calm sea but that's because yeah. that's around the the shallows in the in the atolls out in the the deep sea it's it's choppy ish 
So um, that's a thing. Then people need to be prepared. Like they're getting to the Maldives and you need that. Like you need to be putting your patch on or taking your seasickness medicine or something like that. If you have either the air or the small boat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have to make sure that I'm sitting, you know, facing forward and I've got view of the horizon. Otherwise I probably would throw up. So yeah, but your speedboat would be an hour tops. And then once you get past that, you're on a seaplane. I've not really seen like 15 minute seaplanes. They tend to be around 30, 40. So yeah, I guess that's the crossover. Okay. Because it's got to be worth it, I guess, right? To to have that mode of transportation instead of taking. Sort of like when we went to Belize, right? The only way to get to that island was either a a ferry or a sea, you know, wasn't a seaplane because they did have a very small airport on the island, but a little never done a seaplane that. That sounds kind of interesting as well. Oh, they're cool. They are so cool. I mean, they're four turboprops, 12 passengers with your luggage, clearly, and two pilots and just one guy at the back holding on holding on to your luggage. <laughs> and we always sit at the front, which is great. I always get the, the sort of just behind the pilot and the co-pilot's view. But it's, yeah, it's a great experience. Yeah, it's definitely worth doing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... You know, when you're sitting next to someone and every bit of your skin is touching that person. I don't love that. Even though it's me. Yeah, even though it's you. Um, And and that's because on those planes, you don't have an assigned seat. They adjust the plane for weight and stuff like that. And they usually do that at the time of boarding, right? I I don't think they do think that much. No, they just throw you on. I mean, yeah, they do throw you on. But we like, we like to race to the front of everything. So we're always first off of the big plane. And then we're always first on the little plane. So <laughs> we're, not, just, we're not dawdling at the back. We're like, right, come on, let's get on. Let's, let's get, get started. Trying to see if we can get, yeah, we're on vacation. Let's see if we can get where we want. Yeah, he just mentioned that because that little plane to Belize, it was, that was like, they were looking at everybody. <laughs> um, I don't even think it was 12 and they're like, okay, you here, you here, you here, you here. Yeah. So. And there, there were some, we didn't care, but yeah. there were some people like, no, we're together. And they're like, it doesn't Uh-oh. matter. We're balancing the plane. Yeah. <laughs> right? Do you want to get there? <laughs> it's 15 minutes. Like you can sit next to anybody for 15 minutes. Yeah. That's good. But that's great. I mean, because that's neat. Because then that's like you almost like from the get go, like you have an experience that you may not have had, right? A seaplane. Yeah. So that's, that's cool too. So I guess just, you know, before we wrap up, we did want to ask you, like for each of you, is do you have maybe a memorable experience or something like that from your trips to the Maldives that really just stands out in your mind? The first thing for me is. When you are in the sky and you look down and you see this crystal clear water and these little atolls with these little beach villas that are spanning out, it's the most incredible thing because you've never, we've never seen anything like that before. And it just looks so idyllic, so peaceful, so fabulous. That's my first and abiding recollection because it's just so impressionable. Can't you say you talk a lot of shit? You're not allowed to swear. <laughs> then cut that bit out. <laughs> people won't listen. I'm not cutting that out. I'm leaving that one in. <laughs> My version of that is when, yeah, when you fly over, like for me, when when you fly over those, they're like gems. Like seeing those gems with the with the most bluest blue and the just the colours, like they're my colours, you know, and 
they're so vibrant and yeah every time we fly over whether it's on the seaplane or whether it's in the big plane I just love looking at the little jewels that are down there that are dotted about which is the Maldives. Nice and do you need to be on a certain side because you mentioned taking pictures of like when you're going there do you need to be on a certain side of the plane like flying in or both sides any either would be fun just get a window you just need just don't be on the wing cloudy yeah (laughs) beyond don't be on the wing get a window seat and hope for not cloudy yeah and i think when you get the opportunity to do your first snorkel and it is literally like you're in finding nemo the movie because the fish are so vibrant they're so colorful again you just you sort of just spellbound literally you can be looking into the water from your villa and you can't necessarily see them, and you'll see a few. But the minute you enter the water, they're there everywhere. It's incredible. Ali saw her first turtle in the water this year fr- from outside. Yeah. First time we've ever seen one, which was fantastic. But she's always looking and talking to reef sharks, <laughs> taking photographs, which you might have seen on Instagram. And the rays we saw this time were so close to the shore. They're just inc- They're incredible creatures. I mean... Difficult to describe because they're not an everyday occurrence. Yeah, you guys need to go to St. John with us in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you would get plenty of opportunity to swim with the turtles. And it's just, you know, same thing, crystal clear water. The turtles are some of, yeah, my absolute favorite. You can tell we were, we do enjoy snorkeling a lot. Like yeah. it's just for us, it's like relaxing like you're doing something you're a little bit active but you're you just you can relax right when you're in a place where you're not worrying about currents and different things like that and you're just watching the, you know the animals just go about their their yeah. business yeah i do quite worry when i'm small oh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't like the water that much but yeah but it's nice so for people who like don't care anything about any of those activities like it's a great place to literally just go relax like you yeah. have a view, you have every need is being met, and then you can just have, you choose, have your private pool, and then you just literally can just decompress. And We should also mention every resort generally has a spa, so you can have a massage. I mean, we, we tend to get about three massages while we're there in the week, one particularly when we first get off that flight. Mm-hmm. So the, the spa treatments are normally fantastic. This resort, interestingly, had a paddle tennis court and a tennis court and a five-for-side football pitch. And there's always a volleyball court <laughs> on the beach. And we, we've been to a lot of resorts. Because it's so hot, we never see anybody playing volleyball on the beach. But we did see people playing tennis and paddle tennis, um, which which is great. Oh, and one resort we had last year, that Miller had bicycles. <clears throat> so we used to cycle around the island before breakfast. That was quite nice, just to cut down on the amount of walking we had to do from our villa to the restaurant. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can be as active or not as active. You mentioned yoga. I'm sure they have other like fitness type facilities. Most of them, right? Well, if that's important to you, making sure they have a fitness. Yes. And again, one of the other things we need to have, we like to make sure they've got is a decent gym. So yes, we do like to feel like we've not just totally slopped about the whole time. If we get up, go to the gym, then we're like, right, now we can eat loads. (laughs) (laughs) But there's normally sunrise yoga, sunset yoga. We did Pilates while we were there this time, mm-hmm. and we also- oh, we did we did aqua aerobics, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. was just me and him. 
so yeah, it was tough. Well, but it was nice just to like, you know, for an hour we just splashed about and moved, you know, moved for a bit instead of, you know, there's a lot of laying around reading books. So yeah, it just makes you feel like you've done a little bit of something, a little bit of activity. Awesome. awesome. Anything else that we haven't asked you that we need to know about the Maldives? I think, you know, it should be a place everyone gets the opportunity to go to. But I think one, because it's so far away, a lot of people never make it. Because it's quite a commitment to, to you know, get on a plane for that length of time. But Ali calls it her spiritual home. I wasn't allowed to say that, but I'm saying it anyway. <laughs> so I figure we're going to be going there quite a lot in the future. Well, no, <laughs> I get it. I mean, there's certain places that you really connect to. And I understand that totally. We've said we're not going to go for a while, but I've definitely said we're definitely going for my 50th because we went this year and we were there for Shep's 60th. So I definitely want to be there for my 50th. But yeah, we're going to, the plan is to give the Maldives a bit of a rest um, and to go to some other places in the winter, obviously, because again, the main priority for us is winter sun. January yeah. in the UK is a very depressing time. <laughs> well, I think you that, that, yeah, you need that vitamin D. And I think that's common. That's common, you know, in the US too, for especially people who are in, you know, get a lot of snow and have a lot of gray weather for sure. So, Well, I think that just leads perfectly into the, you know, kind of our closing questions. These are questions that we ask all of our guests on the show. The first one is, what is your favorite place that you've ever visited? Mine would be the Maldives. I, I was kind of figured that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm probably going to have to go with that as well. We, I mean, we've been to Mauritius and we went, we did a safari, which was a close second because of the animals that we saw. It's fantastic. Um, but the Maldives is just so special and it's special every time. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Maldives. Nice. I thought you somewhere different, but. Well, then what are the top spots on your bucket list? So the places you haven't been to yet, but they're on your list. So we want to go to Costa Rica. Oh, nice. That's um, uh, We have an episode coming up on Costa Rica. But you- We're going to be interviewing uh, a former colleague of mine who's from Costa Rica, and she's going to tell us everything you need to know about visiting Costa Rica. So Ooh. that should be coming up in the next few weeks, hopefully. We'll have to listen to that. And the other one is, you know, the Cape Town garden route, yeah, wine route, all that bit. But I'm, I've started researching that. It's quite overwhelming, actually, because that's a, you can do a hell of a lot, um, down in that area. So it's just trying to, I'm sort of on my first draft of research, just really looking at, you know, what are the options there. So, so yeah, those are the two that we're looking at at the moment. And the areas we're not allowed to look at where I'd like to go are <laughs> Cuba. Very keen to go to Cuba. Ali is less keen, but hey, I'll make it there one day. I also would like to go to Patagonia, but again, that's yes. a long way away. And Machu Picchu. I've got to say Machu Picchu because mm. I do like a slightly active holiday from time to time, just to sort of contrast with what we do in the Maldives. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Not, we won't be going to any of those anytime soon because she's in charge of booking. Well, them. we said Cape Town and Costa Rica is our next option. We didn't. I can't see Cuba. <laughs> no, Cuba. And then not once you list. check those off, yeah. Well, and like you mentioned, those are very different, <laughs> right? Cuba would be a very different historical experience, you know, and 
stuff too and then your other one's very active obviously it's about history it's about cigars melissa okay 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 there you go (laughs) but you'll have to take your own blantons because i don't think they have any blantons and and then of course the last question is and maybe maybe that is your next but do you have somewhere else planned that you're going next We've got nothing booked, but yes, I, it will be one of those two. I think, I think it's going to be South Africa in maybe February, actually. And so that's very like a little more straightforward for you guys, you know, for you guys to go there. And then obviously like the time difference, you don't have as much, right? Like as far as lag, what is it? Two hours. A couple hours. Okay. Okay. But I still think it's what must still be a similar flight. It's a seven hour flight. Oh, seven. Yeah. 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 But for us, like to go to South Africa, we're having to come your direction, right? And then going south, typically, I think, you know, something like that. So, yeah, so very different. You might make it before us. So we'll have to pick your brains as part yeah. of the research. So you're looking at next next year, possibly. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Next, February next, of next year. Yeah. yeah, next year. But yeah, we, so. we'll be there in October. So that's the plan. Oh, so you might get to see the whales. Oh, there you go. Something else we have to... <laughs> to look at yeah so i don't think the humpback whales you can see sort of october november december but not february yeah not february so i did want to see the the humpback whales but uh, and i also wanted to put shep in a cage with a white great white shark but which i have no desire to do (laughs) did i hear that correctly she wants you in the cage with a great white shark (laughs) i think you did hear correctly scott yeah it's just making sure the insurance premiums are paid up before we go. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share this information with us. I, you know, after hearing this, I think I'm probably more interested than even before about visiting the Maldives. So appreciate you spending the time with us. Well, it's been fabulous to talk to you. And if you love snorkeling, you won't find a better place, I'm sure. You'll, you'll thoroughly enjoy it. Sorry. Might trump um, St. John on our list then, huh? Because we even have, yeah. You won't know until you go. That's true. That's true. We have to test it out. Research, right? For research. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think it would make sense to combine this trip with some other countries in Southeast Asia. Yes, I think we could definitely do that. But since I didn't even know how we would make this trip from the U.S. before the interview, and I think that was obvious, I used Google Flights to look up some of the routes. And it looks like for us taking Qatar Airways to and from the city of Doha through either Dallas or Miami. Then after that, it's like four and a half hours from Doha to Melee. That's probably going to be our best bet. So we can easily take a nonstop to either Miami or Dallas. And so the trip total for us would be like 25 to 29 hours on the low end. So I did pick the low end. And then, of course, you could go up there with longer layovers, etc. And though you could use points if you had them for some of the segments, and then that would help reduce the cost as well. And then also Qatar Airways has a stopover program in Doha where you can stay an extra one to four days and get a really great deal from like $14 per night on like four and five star hotels, some food, some activities, because they really want you to do that stopover and experience their experience Doha, experience their country and just inject some money 
into tourism, right? And not just into their economy and not just at the airport. So that would be definitely worth looking into to add a couple of days. That would give you another destination to check off your bucket list and then also to break up the trip. But as we talked about this, of course, Scott, you said, no, but not on the way, right? Because you're thinking in your brain, I want to get to the Maldives. I want to get to the Maldives. And so then you're not really enjoying that part of the trip. And it's just another four and a half hours. I guess it would be different if it was like, okay, you've got another 12 hours to go, right? And so I think maybe looking at that maybe as an option on the way back would be a great way because I mean, that's a really inexpensive way to experience. And so what I'm going to do, I'll put a link to that in the show notes because that might be helpful too, or just a couple of things that I found, especially with Qatar that you could see, but so that's not really that bad, right? So we, we go basically to a hub airport, Dallas or Miami, take that really long flight. And then we have just one more leg. So it's not really as cumbersome as I thought it would be. Yeah. And when you were looking at flight prices, you kind of said out loud, oh, that's not quite as bad as I thought it would be. So it wasn't cheap. And I will say that. And this was like they showed, right, was like booking all of it together. So it was anywhere from like 1900 to 2400. Like that would just be like probably your basic economy main cabin. But like I mentioned, I really feel like you could then use points from some of the, you know, the credit card miles and things like that we have because Qatar American was the other airline that you would have to use for us is ones that it's very easy to transfer those from credit cards and and use those points. So I think you could work it that way a little bit to reduce that cost. And I will point out, like when we went to St. John last year, the flights from Atlanta were $1,700 just to go from Atlanta to St. John. So you just have to think about relatively speaking, it's a lot of money, but relatively speaking, it's not that big of a price difference. And you're going, you know, halfway around the world. I think for 25 to 29 hour flight, I'm not doing that in economy. Right. So definitely we'll be saving our points for that and, and looking at the best option. But logistically, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And and while we're talking about price, well, we didn't actually talk about the actual cost with Ali and Shep. You know, it sounds like this is one of the places that you're going to need to budget ahead of time for. Uh, Without doing much research, I did find all-inclusive in the high season villa with a private pool over the water. We were talking ten to twelve thousand dollars for two people for a week, and this was at a reuse, so I can only imagine the price probably goes up from there. But you know, it kind of does give you at least an idea of pricing. And like they mentioned, there's all kinds of resorts. And I imagine, same thing, if you have hotel points that you've saved up for a particular hotel or through credit card points, that might be an option as well to offset the cost. And then much like our Aruba trip that we did the interview on, the best times to visit are December through April. So you want to put that into your planning. Just remember is with some of these island destinations, things like that, you do have to often consider, are they in a hurricane or a monsoon or a cyclone belt that you need to be aware of when you're planning your trip? And so in this case, December through April is the best time to visit the Maldives. But it sounds like that even if you do go in another season where it might have some rain showers, they would be passing possibly. And so just looking at looking at the weather and stuff like that, because we've also been to the Caribbean during hurricane season and it's been fine. So it's it's a possibility. Yeah. And there's, you know, got to look it up and see, but usually there's those, I think they're called shoulder seasons where, you know, there might be a risk of that, but 
normally it's just standard good weather and a good time to visit. Like you said, you could run into a case where, you know, you have some downpours, things like that that you have to consider. But yet the pricing would be a little bit better during those seasons because it's not the peak. Yeah, that's true. And also the fact that seven days is the ideal amount of time. But again, don't not considering travel time, right? So because you don't, you wouldn't really have enough time. Like if you're going to be traveling for a whole day on each end, right? And jet lag. And of course, we'll want to use our jet lag procedure, but making sure that you have that full week to, you know, really enjoy your time and you're, and you're not rushed and adjusting and, you know, detoxing from the phone and all those things too, right? Now, speaking of detoxing from the phone, I loved the sign that Jeff was talking about at the Constance Mufishi. No shoes. No news. You know, sometimes you really just need that getaway trip where you just reconnect, you recharge, and you just shut everything out. And I love that sign. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Maybe we should get that for the house. Maybe so. That'd be nice. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that here. So let's talk a little bit about food. This isn't like any of the other places that we have visited where you might stay at a resort and then venture out to nearby restaurants, as they indicated. So and even when we did an all inclusive on our very first trip to the Riviera Maya in Mexico, we ventured out on a jet ski excursion in Cancun and then to eat and shop afterwards. So just knowing Knowing that, right? So then you're going to do that half board, depending on how much you like to eat. Or like they mentioned, you might just want to say, okay, I know that this vacation is completely paid for and I'm not having to worry about, you know, what what this and that cost and just doing the the all-inclusive, taking that into consideration when you're planning. Yeah. And I did look at some of the, you know, resorts and they're not, you know, all-inclusive. So that's not the the thing that they're offering in these islands. So you do have to do a little bit of hunting to find those all-inclusive packages. Yeah, and I think that's just that's personal preference, too. So I guess that's good to know that you can kind of choose it both ways. But I did like, though, that Shep talked about being able to, at the one resort, taking bikes and to explore the the little part of the island where they were before breakfast. And so I would definitely like to look into somewhere that had, you know, bikes so that you can just feel like you, you know, you can see a little bit more, you get a little bit of exercise and then, you know, enjoy the food. And Allie was right on that. It's probably best to at least give yourself the appearance of getting a little exercise every day. If you're going to be, you know, laying around and be waited on hand and foot by your host. So I think that's probably a great suggestion. Yeah. And I also think one of my favorite parts is where Allie was talking about being able to just snorkel straight off your villa. And so she actually sent us a video with some sea life, you know, right outside there. So we'll definitely have to share that too. So I'm looking at this. There are a couple of different ways. And Shep talked about this in terms of pricing and what you're looking for in a in a destination but there's a couple of different ways to get there, either through boat or seaplane. And I think that's part of deciding which resort you're going to want to visit, which is how you're going to get there from the airport. So we've talked about that flight of getting from, you know, where we are to the airport, but you're not there quite yet when you get to the airport. You still got to make it to the atoll where you're going to be staying. And so, you know, whether you do that through a boat, and I don't know if it's like, Ali said a speedboat. I'm thinking this is not like your cat ferry type thing. I don't know. It could be. Or if you're taking a seaplane. 
And I looked at some of the pictures of the seaplanes, and that looks like an amazing way to just get to your next spot. Yeah, I would be super excited about that. And I'm like you, you mentioned that you've never been on a seaplane and I haven't either. So again, just getting to go somewhere like this and then having new experiences on top of seeing a new destination. Hey, when do you think we can plan a trip to Southeast Asia? If we go that far, we might as well include Australia and New Zealand. And it really seems like it's going to be a long trip. Might be a multi-month if I'm looking at this correctly. You know, if you've visited the Maldives before and have any useful information to help us plan the trip, please send me an email, scott at sunshinetravelers.com. Also, if you have a favorite resort in the Maldives, we want to know that as well. We always love hearing about your travel experiences. When we are booking our trips, we like to use booking.com because you can choose from over a million properties worldwide from cozy country homes to sleek city apartments. You can find the best deals with their price match promise. Enjoy great stays at lower cost. And because flexibility matters, you can book with confidence knowing that you can cancel with ease. And you can make informed choices with millions of reviews from fellow travelers. Start your adventure now and visit sunshinetravelers.com slash booking to book your perfect stay. Using this affiliate link to book your travel helps support our podcast and allows us to continue to provide new content each week. Please consider using this link when booking your next travel. There is no extra cost to you and we are compensated through the affiliate. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Make sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes as they are released. You can also find us on Instagram as Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember, that is travelers with one L. Most importantly, share it with your friends to help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companion.